With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Ramblers, let's get rambling. With Russell, show 452 of my podcast, the home of intelligent rambling, right here on the Talk Shoe Network. I'm your host, Russ Hale. Got a terrific show lined up today as we slowly approach Halloween, one of the spookiest times of the year. Speaking of spooky, we'll start things off with a brand new release from the great folks at Anchor Bay Entertainment. It is Last Shift, where a rookie cop. Uh, has a night alone in a police station that she'll never, ever forget. Then we go from a nightmare shift to a nightmare city, if you will, when the land goes to shite and there's only one man that can save the day, and that is Dwayne Johnson in San Andreas, where the fault line goes a crazy Let me go from the crumbling streets of San Francisco to Victorian England for a second dose of Penny Dreadful, the complete second season on Blu-ray, courtesy of the great folks at Paramount Home Video. Let me go even further back in time to the Scottish Hills for another dose of Outlander, uh, uh, season one of volume two on Blu-ray, courtesy of Sony Home Video. That's all on this week's episode of Rambo with Russell. So I'm going to take a quick little musical interlude right up the first review of the show. My DVD movie review for this episode is Last Shift, courtesy of Anchor Bay Home Entertainment. Now, this is a very interesting kind of horror movie, which, which you don't see very often, is that it is set in a police station. The movie stars... Uh, actress uh, Juliana Harkavay as Jessica Lauren. She is a, a a rookie cop who gets assigned to look after, kind of babysit a police tra- a police station that's in transition. She's kind of looking after the old one <coughs> while they're moving to a new one, and she has to stay the night and watch and 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 wait for a pickup of some hazardous. Uh, evidence that needs to be collected. So because she's a rookie officer, she gets assigned, yet you have to sit around and wait for the delivery guy to show up. So that's that's kind of her job. Unbeknownst to her, this police station kind of has a bit of history to it and that years before, a, a serial killer kind of Ted Bundy kind of culty kind of guy was uh, arrested and, and dragged into the station with his, two of his cult followers and let's just say bad things happened in this station. So that's kind of the premise. This is one of these movies. It, it's kind of uh, a bit of a slow burn. And it, it's kind of like we got some tense moments. And then it goes, ha-cha! And then, and then it kind of quines down and gets a little scary. And then, ha again! And that kind of stuff. It's, it's not uh a constant kind of terrifying thing there there is a moment near the end where where the shit really hits the fan and and stuff happens but mostly it's this poor girl being kind of tortured by the spirits uh of of you know uh, that haunt this station so she really she really pulls kind of a a bum shift really when it comes to this, this is one of these movies where we, we don't have a lot of cast. This is not a horror movie. We have scantily clad teenage people having sex and running around getting killed by a serial killer. Nah, it's it's a little more ethereal and sometimes, well, actually more than a lot, a little strange. 
I, I will give credit to the the producers and the director of this movie. There are certain things that are done where where they do try to do things a little differently. There are some effects and there are some shots that 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 kind of um, work in a way. As as this movie goes on, you, it really makes uh, it really makes you question: Is this woman being haunted by supernatural spirits, or is she just slowly losing her mind? And even near the end, you're going, you know, did she imagine all this shit, or did all this stuff really happen to her? It, it's 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 kind of um, the the first haunted police station movie I think I've ever seen. So, so in a in a sense, that's different. All the actors in this, I've never heard of them before, so there are no really big names in it. So there's not really that kind of draw. That does sometimes help because then again, it gives you the thing of more realism because it's not just another pretty boy actor in this. Uh, for for horror, there are <laughs> there isn't really any big out gore th- scenes. There are some things that are disturbing in a way, like the makeup job that they did in this movie is is pretty crazy. Uh, whoever thought of this is kind of twisted. So that's in mind. I mean, it is a horror movie um, in, in itself. The, the, the cover of it has no mistaking that it is a horror movie. There are no extras to this, uh, so this is all you get. Uh, and it was filmed in, in a very different pattern. Pattern. There is kind of um, a bit of the cinema verite, kind of um, the way it's shot. I'd love to know what kind of film this thing was shot on. Um, kind of look to it, and then it kind of jumps to that to being more cinematic. It, it kind of goes all over the place. Uh, if you're looking for something different, this is it. You know, haunted police station, girl going crazy, check. It's kind of like they took somebody from one of the people from Rookie Blue and, and just uh, and just put them through a hellish police station because that's that's the kind of way she acts on this. Overall, it is what it is. It is a horror movie. If you're looking for big gore and craziness and, and you know, some nudity and stuff, no, you're not going to get that. They do do a good job of kind of building the suspense up and building the suspense up. So so you have that. There are some good jumpy moments in it, and some people like that. Um, you can tell... It was a limited budget, but they they, they did the best they could when it came to um, effects. And yeah, and it it is a a unique movie. I'll give you that. So and and the the soundtrack, the music in it is really out there a lot of times. So that is my take of Last Shift on DVD, courtesy of the great folks at Anchor Bay Home Entertainment.
is San Andreas, courtesy of Warner Brothers Home Video. Now, this is the latest Dwayne The Rock Johnson movie, although I noticed lately he's dropped the rock thing completely. But hey, in this one, he stars as Ray, who is is a, I don't know, I guess a, uh, a helicopter rescue pilot, I guess, rescue chopper pilot, who who has to save his his wife and kid from a devastating earthquake uh, that that it's in in California, so uh, that is is the plot of the movie. In the movie, uh, seismic quakes are going right along the San Andreas line, and if you know your geography in the U.S., you know that San Andreas stretches right across California, right through San Francisco, just right along there, and. And so, so for some reason, and they don't explain why in this movie, uh, a massive quake, like 9.6 on the F and Richter scale, which is huge people hits, hits, hits the region and, and, and death and destruction reign around us. This is truly a disaster movie. Now, ever since nine 11, you know, there hasn't been a lot of disaster movies made that kind of killed it. Uh, in a way, I mean, uh, the last one I can remember is the day after tomorrow or 2015 when we had a really good kind of, you know, cities falling apart and, and, and you know, majors of disaster kind of stuff. So I think we're slowly now that, you know, some time has come, we're slowly getting back into disaster movies. And this is no exception to the rule. The director of this one is Brad Payton, who, of course, also directed The Rock in Journey to uh, a Mysterious Island. So they have some kind of history working together. And I have to say, this is one of one of Dwayne's, uh, I think, better movies. The effects in this movie are amazing. It literally, right from the get-go, kind of keeps you on the edge of your seat and really keeps going. The co-stars in this one, uh, it, you also in this one, uh, 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 Dwayne's character, Ray, his you they established this pretty early. He's estranged from his wife Emma, played by Carla Gugino, and his daughter Blake, played by Alexandria Daddario. And 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 we 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 you know as the movie goes on, we realize that the, the these these group people had a had a the, or Ray and Emma had a kid, another daughter, but she died years before, and that's put a strain on this whole relationship. Uh, also, we get introduced uh, to, very briefly, uh, Ion uh, Grufford, who plays Daniel Riddick, who is the boyfriend at the start of the movie of Emma. That relationship kind of goes away the dinosaur, and you can see why. Uh, th- this is a, a movie that I kind of wish I'd seen in a the theater. I just didn't get a chance to, Ramblers, because, you know, I try to see movies, but I just don't have the schedule like I used to. 
uh, <laughs> back in the day. So I can't see movies in the theater as much as before. But I, I kind of wish I'd seen this one. It, it really is, is is well done. The music is very suspenseful. And it really has a, has a good pace to it. The action is, is constantly moving. And, and there's good good work between the characters. Now, I haven't seen much of Alexandria Daddario's work before. I, I looked her up. She's... She she started off as a soap opera actress, <laughs> so and and has done little things here and there. But to me, from what I can tell from her bio, this is the biggest movie she's done to date. And this this girl has a future. She's a good little actress, and I think with the right roles, she could go pretty far when it when it comes to Hollywood. You also have a supporting cast along the way. Uh, Blake runs into a, a pair of brothers uh, played by. Hugo uh, Johnson Burt and Art uh, Pankerson. The, the, they're two English brothers and they kind of accompany uh, Emma along her journey to try, or Blake along her journey to try to re- reunite with her parents. And some of the stunt work in this movie is really impressive. I had a chance to go through the, the extras in this and man, what the actors went through. Like there's one point where where both Ray and Blake are in a building that's submerged underwater, and they are truly underwater when they're doing this. And the the effects they use to simulate a lot of the action you see on the screen is really amazing. I encourage you to go through the, the extras when you finish watching this. It may ruin some of the movie magic for you, but come on. It, it's really cool to see how this is done. And Rock... Dwayne really kind of steps up to the plate when it comes to being an action star. Now, the other big name attached to this is Paul Giamatti. He plays a a seismologist who, at the start of this movie, is like, you know, I'm telling you, this stuff is coming. And it's very much like, you know, it reminds me like like of Jaws. And like, there's something coming. It's out there. You need to really take me seriously or people are going to (laughs) die. And... And it's almost the same case in this. Jim Addy is really more of a supporting actor. He does have some good scenes, but he kind of is in and out of the movie. But, you know, is uh, to me more of a supporting cast member more than anything else. But but still works in the role that he has. Uh, for extras in this one, you do have quite a lot. You have uh, San Andreas, The Real Fault Line. This is a nice little featurette where they... they go over some of the effects and how things were were done. You get Dwayne Johnson to the rescue. This is a really fun featurette where where he talks uh where they talk about the, about him starring the movie and and the producers and why they hired him and some of the stuff that he did and all well, the work that he put into it. You also get scoring the quake. This is a really interesting featurette and how they did the music for the movie and a lot of the music and the music effects were done in very unconventional ways. There's one where they show how um, some of the sound effects done, and they did some of the, the sounds by destroying a piano, and then they they play the destroyed piano, and that's the use they used for music cues in the movie. I know it sounds convoluted, but, but it is kind of cool. There are deleted scenes, of course. I can see why they cut a lot of these. And uh, a gag reel and a stunt reel. A stunt reel is basically... Kind of like a gag reel, just uh, a bunch of stunts with some really trippy music in the background. In general, uh, yeah, if you're looking for an action movie, you can't go too far with wrong wrong with this. They they do sell a 3D version of this. I can just imagine how good this movie looks in 3D, um, and it it's definitely one to add to your collection. There's a lot of good effects. There is a fair amount of CGI, but it, it's it's done in a way that that it, it's hard to spot, which makes it good, in my opinion. That There are some amazing effects and some really high-tension moments in this and, and really worth checking out if, if, like me, you missed it uh, when it hit the theaters. So that is my take of San Andreas on the Blu-ray and DVD combo pack, courtesy of great folks at Warner Brothers Home Video.
Paramount Home Video. Now, this is a, a very unique show. I, I, what I liked about the first season of this show is it took many characters from literature, from the worlds of Frankenstein, Dracula, uh, the picture of Dorian Gray, and and a lot of you know old Hollywood legends, and and brought them you know and dramatized them and moved them together. And the first season, it was very much the war against Dracula, where 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 the 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 crew, if you will, had to battle good old Dracula himself and try to save the soul of Mina, but not so much the good job doing that. So that that was kind of the first season, right? It, it was it was that. It was also the 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 journey of um, Vanessa Ives, played by Ava Green. And that her character really got put through a ringer in the first season with the whole demon possession thing and that kind of stuff. Also, we, we had um, a very violent introduction to the Frankenstein monster as well uh, and, and, and his relationship with Dr. Frankenstein played by Harry Treadaway. So we had all that of this going down. Also, we had the introduction of the character... Uh, of of what would become Lily this season by Billy Piper. Now, in the first season, Billy Piper's character really didn't do a lot. <laughs> she was kind of a a sickly girl with consumption in the bed a lot, kind of woo is me, woo woo woo, I'm sick, that kind of thing. And they really didn't do a lot with her. I felt, in a way, here you have Billy Piper, okay, an actress who who had a huge breakthrough in in the first few seasons of the the relaunched doctor who and and she's in bed most of the season and that's how you use her well 
they kind of make up for lost time in season two. And again, uh, as season two opens, we're kind of coming to the, 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 um, I guess fallout of season one where all that shit went down and they're just trying to, uh, um, kind of deal with it. And, and, and they realize that after the first season that, uh, that the character of Vanessa, there's a lot more going on to her. And they realize that come season two, that she's being hunted by Lucifer himself. The, the, the forces of, of the, uh, King of hell, are now descending upon Vanessa, and they want a chunk of her. Like, basically, Lucifer wants her for his bride, or, or, or wants possession of her soul, or that that kind of thing. So, and this time around, it's it's Team Penny Dreadful versus a team of witches. Witches kind of become the, the, the center focus, led by um, Helen McCroy, who plays Madame Callie, which we were introduced to last season. So she kind of comes back in this season to cause more problems and, and more shit, if you will. Also, uh, the character of Ethan Chandler, played by Joss Hartnett, we get much more uh, kind of a background into him. It, it, by the end of the second season, or the first season, they tease something huge with Ethan Chandler, and that really comes into play here in the second season. We find more about him. We find out that Ethan Chandler is not his real name. And the, that revelation is like, ah, such a nice kind of nod to to old school universal monsters. I, I, I love that. That was a kind of nice little like, oh, really? His real name is that? And that makes complete sense. As I said, uh, Billy Piper really comes into her own in this season as Lily, she 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 gets kind of reinvented and has a much bigger role because in this season, um, Victor Frankenstein decides to use her body as as a bride for the creature because the creature pretty much comes back and says, listen, I'm tired of being alone. Uh, I want somebody else. You're going to make me somebody else or I will do bad, evil things, etc., etc., etc. So that's kind of what goes on there. And and the the creature played by Rory Kinnear is is great. He, he really you really almost feel sympathy for him in, in this season. So Lily kind of really comes into her own. I, I like the growth that Billy Piper did in this character because she starts off so meek and, and helpless, but by the end of the season, Lily is far from helpless. And ooh, she really makes uh, a huge kind of power move in this season. Also, all you Whovians out there that just love Billy Piper and were drooling over her when Doctor Who came back, well, you're in for a treat. Because um, if, if you ever wanted to see all of Billy Piper, if you just want to say, you know, Dr. Who is just 2PG. Well, for all you people who have been drooling over her since 2005, um, you do get, woof, you get quite a view of Billy Piper in this season. Unless she used a body double. Yeah, for all you people, you know, you search for nude pictures of her all over the Internet. Bingo! You you get that in this show. Now, it may be a body double. I don't know. But if it isn't, there you go. All your all your all your fanboy fantasies fulfilled. You get to see her naked and have sex. There you go. So that's out there. And 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 that's something you never, ever would have seen her do on Doctor Who. So yeah, Penny Dreadful is still a very adult show. There is nudity. Many of the witches in this, when they go into super witchy mode, they're nude, but they take away some of the nudity because they got like slices in their chest sort of thing. So, but so, yeah, so there you go. So I'm going to put that out there for any, any, any fan Dr. Whovians out there that just want to see Billy naked. There you go. Done. Served. Over. Um... Uh, so you have that. Also back, of course, is Timothy Dalton as Sir Malcolm Murray. He has a very interesting arc here because the whole Mina thing is sort of done. 
uh, and this, and and he develops a relationship with with uh, Madame Kelly, and and she is so creepy. I I have to give credit to the actress in this one. She uh, like Helen McCroy McCory, uh, yeah, Helen McCrory is just so evil in this and really plays it well and there's there's also a bit of voodoo in this season it's kind of witches slash voodoo and there's this little out with all these creepy dolls <laughs> it's just if you ever creeped out by dolls before you will be now uh also of course uh, the character dorian gray played by reeve carney he gets another expanded role for all those who in the first season went oh man they teased the picture and they didn't show it ah well, you, you get to see the, the portrait of Dorian Gray, and it is not a pretty sight. Also, Dorian, um, in a way, gets a new kind of love interest in the, in the show in the form of Angelique. And I have to give credit to this show because Angelique is, is, is transgender. There's no, I'm not going to paint this any other way. And, and, and she really, she, he really is a, a a very interesting kind of relationship with Dorian because Dorian is just uh, the kind of guy who's lived, I guess, so long and he's just not shy about anything. And, and so they establish a relationship, but, but the, the introduction of Lily really kind of screws things up for there. And they kind of leave it in a certain way that that I don't know if where it's going to go from there. I got to give credit to uh, Johnny Beauchamp, who plays Angelique. You know, it's a very interesting character, and I don't know where they're going to go in season three. Season two, of course, ends in a fairly good cliffhanger, and and we'll see where it goes. The relationship, too, between um, Ethan and Ava really kind of... Ethan and Vanessa really grows in this season. It's kind of something that they built on in season one, but they really establish it in season two. And we'll see where it goes from that. This is a really fun show. Does it help to watch the first season to, to watch the second? Yes. It, you can kind of jump in, but you're going to miss out in a lot of, of the relationships and a lot of the characters that really develop in the second season. Now, I, I will I'll warn you all that there is a death in the second season. I'm not going to say who it is, but there is a cast member that, that survived season one that doesn't make it uh, past into season two. And that's a shame. I, I thought he did a really good job. That's all I'm going to say. And it's a shame to lose such a good actor, but it, it kind of did serve a purpose. Uh, so that that is the second season. You get a lot of new characters, a lot of new situations. Is it super creepy? Is it a very adult show? Yes, yes, and more yes. So <laughs> as usual with the first one, I would not encourage you to watch this with children in the room. For special features, uh, a fair amount for this. You do get uh, video production blogs. Uh, th- these are great little featurettes that they go over some of the, the, the making of the series. You also get uh, a Reeve uh, Carney roundtable. This is a very short featurette where, where dreadfuls, where fans of the show meet up with the actor who plays Dorian Gray and do a, a very quick little Q&A with him, which is kind of neat. You get the history of an occult. This is a, a nice little featurette where graphic-wise we get the history of the occult going way back to 100 BC, right up to present day, with little kind of history notes thrown in with some animation. And of course, character profiles for all the major characters with each of the actors kind of saying, you know, this is how things, this is how my character, what is what I went through in season two. So actually, it's, the, the, the character profiles are more of a primer for season two because you talk about what we went through season one and this kind of stuff that normally would probably be on the website. Uh, no audio commentary and the episodes of the show, which is a bit of a shame. Uh, I would have liked to have heard at least a few of the episodes to have audio commentary. Uh, a fun show, uh, an, another good Showtime show, and definitely worth uh, checking out. Just keep in mind, even more so in this second season, you can't be too squeamish, and you definitely have to be open-minded to appreciate this show. 
So that's my take of Penny Dreadful, the complete second season on Blu-ray, courtesy of the great folks at Paramount Home Video. Speed pony boat, like a bird on the wing. Onward the sailors cry Carry the land that's born to be king Over the sea to sky Loud the winds howl, loud the waves roar Thunder clouds rend the air Baffled our foes stand on the shore Follow, they will not dare Speed, bonny boat, like a bird on the wing Onward the sailors cry Carry the lad that's born to be king Over the sea to sky Though the waves leap, soft shall ye sleep the oceans are royal bed Rocked in the deep Flora will keep Watch o'er your weary head Speed pony boat Like a bird on the wing Onward the sailors cry Carry the lad That's born to be king On that day, and well, the claymore would wield. When the night came, they silently lay dead on Culloden's field. Speed, pony boat, like a bird on the wing, onward the sailors cry. Carry the lad. That's born to be king Over the sea to sky Burned are our homes Exile and death Scatter the loyal men Yet ere the sword Is cool in its sheath Kelly will come again Speed pony boat like a bird on the wing, onward the sailors cry. Carry the lad that's born to be king, over the sea to sky. Speed, pony boat, like a bird on the wing, onward the sailors cry. Carry the lad. That's born to be king over the sea to sky. My second TV show on Blu-ray review for this episode is Outlander, Season 1, Volume 2, on courtesy of the great folks at Sony Home Video. Now, this is the second half of the first season of Outlander that appears on the Stars Network. And the second season, unfortunately, is coming out to 2016. So y'all got a bit of time to wait before we get to season two. This, of course, is the series based on the many Outlander books by Diana Gabaldon. And, and is a, a really interesting TV show. Now, when we last left the first half of the first season, Claire was in the clutches of Jack Randall. And, and it ends with a scene with Jamie saying... Get your hands off my wife, which was a really good line, and I, I such a uh, cool way to end the show. So, so we 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 go from that to the second season. Now, what the the second half of the first season? Well, what what I like what they did was for the most part of the first half of the first season, we were basically hearing Claire kind of give her kind of a, the vo was her on the show. Second season, or second half of the first season, we, we open with, with a, the viewpoint of Jamie's world. And, and that, that's kind of cool, the way they did that. 
So the the second second half, of course, starts with the rest small spoiler, the rescue of Claire by Jamie and 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 their escape from Black Jack Randall. Uh, also, this time in in the, the second half of the first season, so much happens. It's just in the first season of this show. Holy Hannah. Uh, uh, Claire's relationship with, with Gailey takes a very interesting turn. And, and, and we also have a little bit of witchcraft kind of thrown in there as well. And by the end of the season, well, whew, this show, I, I have to say, I mean, it's been a while since I read the books. So I, it, it, it's one of these shows where I watch it and I go, I remember this part, but I, I don't remember that. And I don't know how much they're deviating, um, from from that kind of thing and that kind of thing. So yeah, so Gillis Duncan, ah man, has has this. So she gets her and Clara kind of get roped in witchcraft because of course Leary uh, really makes her intentions known that she's I've loved Jamie Fraser since I was a wee little girl, you know, kind of thing, and is really. So she she kind of um causes that to happen, sort of thing. So we we have more of that. You you definitely see in this season, Claire and Jamie's relationship really start to deepen, and 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 Jack Randall in in this one. Whew. Uh, I you know this, he he makes such a good villain. Now I will there is um there there so so at one point Claire is on trial for witchcraft. Um, so in, in this second half season, it, it does end with something I'm going to, I'm going to say one of the most hardest scenes I've ever had to watch on TV in a while. There's one point where unfortunately, small spoiler here, Jack gets his hands on Jamie. Uh, he, he gets captured by Jack Randall and, and, um, and and so and so so both Claire and Jamie get captured by Jack and to bargain Claire's freedom, sort of, in a way, um, uh, uh, Jamie kind of gives himself up to Jack Randall and and Blackjack has had a fancy for Jamie. And we, we this gets really established in the second season all the way going back a while. We also get introduced to Jenny in this in the second half season Jamie's sister and they have a really messed up relationship as well so so um Jack Randall uh, Blackjack gets his hands on Jamie and I'm gonna say if you're a survivor of rape if you're a rape survivor it's gonna be hard watching this show uh because what what Jack does to Jamie God is is just so brutal that that if you are a victim of rape, it may be really hard to watch this because they don't pull punches with this show. They don't. And you're like, oh man, really? And 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 what this man does to Jamie is is just horrendous and then they don't pull back on this it is it's it's not pg at all and and i think i remember reading this in the book um <laughs> and so yeah it, it it's it's probably the most brutal man on man violence i've seen in a tv show ever i'm going to rank that right up there with I don't think I've ever seen another man do that to another man on a TV show ever. And and so the the last half of the season is 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 the the result of that and and Claire having to reconnect with Jamie after he's just been victimized by Randall. And I I got to say the way the way Jamie is rescued uh, by 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 his friends is is so Scottish and so funny that <laughs> it kind of takes a little bit of the edge off of what you just seen, but 
Yowza. Uh, you know, thank God, you know, I've never been, touch wood, ever a victim of rape, and I don't ever want to be. But I'm imagining if I was, that would be hard to watch because I've never been one, and I found that, wow. And, and I have to give credit to the actors in this show, to both... Um, to Sam uh, Hin, who plays Jamie Fraser, and Tobias Menzies, who plays Frank Randall. Because that couldn't have been easy to act, and, and they did a damn good job with it. Because it, it, it is really well done. It's disturbingly well done. So, so I, I have to point that out. Um, so we have that. The, the second season does end on a pretty big cliffhanger. With, with with some news that, that if you know the books, you know, that Harbinger's uh, a certain thing between Claire and Jamie, which I don't know how soon they're going to pull the bullet on that one, whether they're going to do that second season or wait till further along the line. But it does <laughs> signify a very interesting stage in their relationship if they keep with the narrative of the books. So we shall see. Those who have read the Outlander novels will know what I'm talking about. Those who haven't, I ain't going to spoil things for you, so I'm not going to say anything more about it. Now, as always, with the Sony video releases on Blu-ray, you do get some extra features that you don't get if you just get the DVD. Your standard um, out, uh, special features are weaving authentic, making the fabrics of Outlander. This is an amazing featurette where they go through how they make all the tartans and all the, the clothing for Outlander. And they explain why the tartans in this show are not the typical brightly colored, colored ones, ones which we're used to seeing this day and age. So that kind of answers the question for you. you get a gag reel, which is very funny, and Outlander podcasts. Now, what these are are essentially audio commentary. Every episode's get these. They're hosted by Ronald D. Moore, of course, is the showrunner for this show. And each 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 um each one, he has a special guest in relation to that episode. So they're called podcasts, but really they're just commentaries for each of the episodes of the show. For Blu-ray exclusives, you do get the reckoning, the extended episode the extended episode of the reckoning, the the opening one in this set with introduction by Ronald D. Moore. We talks about, you know, we we did this longer cut for this episode, but we had to cut it down for network time. But we really like this cut, so here it is. So you can watch both cuts of said episode. You get uh, an, an a really cool feature with with the author again, Diana Gabaldon, tours the Outlander set. It's really neat where she walks around. They show all the props. Although every time. She meets somebody new that the constantly Ronty Moore is going to lead in the tour. He said, look, 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 see, this is the author of the stuff that you're doing. Without her, you wouldn't have a show. The, he makes a special point of doing that. You get uh, a very interesting Outlander cast and crew table read of one of the episodes, which is kind of neat to see them all out of costume reading lines. You get a featurette and a triangle in time. This is an, a nice featurette talking about the love triangle between Claire and... Jamie, and then, of course, her husband from the 1940s and how she is torn between three men, really. And then also the triangle, really, between Jamie, uh, Jack Randall and Claire as well. So a lot of love triangles in this show. Uh, deleted scenes with introductions by Ronald D. Moore. So he explains why these scenes were cut uh, as you watch before you watch them. Overall, um, the, the, the Blu-ray extras are definitely worth getting, uh, worth getting the Blu-ray version of this release for the extended episode alone. It, it's really cool. And, and you do get a lot of extras that you don't get on DVD. Overall, the, the second season is, the uh, second half of the first season is really good. And now that I've seen the whole season, it really is a good adaptation. What I would recommend, though, uh, is you, you definitely need to see the first half before you can see the second half. I am hearing rumors uh, that Sony may be coming out. I don't have a definite on this. As soon as I do, I'll let you know. Rumors that there will be a Outlander Season 1 Ultimate Edition where we'll have the whole season uh, in one collection along with maybe even maybe and uh, all the extras and maybe even some new extras along the way. So that is possibly in the works 
more likely that'll come out sometime before season two in 2016, but I thought I'd pass it along. So you, you have a choice of either getting this, you've already got season two, uh, first pass of season one, or waiting till they do a whole complete season one release. Is that is coming along. In general, I, I like this show. It, it, it's, it's very gripping, very harsh at times, uh, very um, dramatic, and, and the, the acting is great. Um, I, I like where they're going with it. Uh, it really, it's going to be very interesting to see what they do in, in, in season two because there's going to be a lot of actors unless things change. We're going to get a whole new cast of actors and a lot of the actors from season one are just not going to be around, at least for the first part of season two. So we'll, we'll see where the story goes. If you're a fan of the books, you'll like this. You may complain that the, the scene between Jack and our, um, some of the scenes may have been toned down for TV, but really, I don't know how much they really toned that down. But worth checking out, and, and definitely, if you haven't seen Volume 1, check out um, check out Volume 1 before you see Volume 2. And of course, credit goes to the actress who plays Claire, Catriona, Trona, Belfi, and I hope I'm saying her name right, although I'm probably butchering it, so I apologize. She does an amazing job as Claire and really has, you can really see how she's torn between her two lives and and, and makes a decision to, to stay with Jamie. Although we'll see what happens in season two to change that decision. So that is my take of Outlander, Season 1, Volume 2 on Blu-ray, courtesy of the great folks at Sony Home Video. This episode of the show. Hope y'all enjoyed it. As you notice, my voice is back this week. Yeah, I, I I soldier through, and I feel a lot better than I did last week. Although I, I still got a really annoying cough, but you know, but I feel a hell of a lot better than I did before, and that is cool. Now, as always, you can touch me the number of ways. You can check me out on Twitter. I'm Rambling Russ on Twitter. R-A-M-B-L-I-N-G-R-U-S-S. Tweet me and I'll tweet you back. I appreciate all the followers I have on Twitter and all the retweets and favorites that I occasionally do get. Check me out on Facebook. Just type in Rambled Russell on the Facebook page. You'll find me there. And check out my original homepage, which is still up on Libsyn. That's H-T-T-P, full colon, backslash, backslash, ramblingrust.libsyn.com. That's my home internet from 2006 right up until 2013, where I have over eight plus years of podcasting goodness uh, on the site. Of course, check out all my new shows from April, from from. 2013 on right here in the talk shoe network i'm show 18411 that's my show id and i encourage you to check out new shows and leave comments in my comments page and of course you can check me out on itunes in the itunes store under podcast so that is where i all am on the world wide web coming up uh later on this week i hope to give you my halloween Special because, of course, this week is Halloween, and I do like to do a special Halloween show every year on my program. So, what I'm going to do this year, we're going to do, I'm going to do four titles from the good folks at Anchor Bay because they are great for sending me horror stuff. So, on the on the Halloween special, we're going to talk uh, about Ejecta. We are still here. Uh, the movie June. And the movie found foot from the um, the first hand from well, a movie from the found footage collection. It is the Night Visitor. That's all on that Halloween edition of show as well. Uh, every every year for Halloween, I do like to talk about some classic old school Halloween, one of monster spooky stuff. This year, I did come across in my travels through at a, one of the big box stores. I won't sell tell you who because I don't give away free advertising. I did come across the Munsters, the complete series, with the 
with the with the uh, coming out of the new Fallout Boy song Uma Thurman, where they do sample the Munsters theme song, I thought what better time to talk about the Munsters TV show? I did come across the complete collection on the big box store. I did pick that up, so we're going to talk about that collection that I did pick up, as well as the show itself and why a show that aired fifty more than fifty years ago why it's still being sampled in modern music today. So we'll talk about the appeal of that in the Halloween show. That's all coming up on my Halloween episode, which will air later this week. I can't give you an exact date. Keep watching my Twitter feed and my Facebook page. And as soon as that is up, I will post the link to that show. So later on this week, uh, I'll have that posted as well. Coming up on next week's show, the next week, next regular edition of the show, got a lot of stuff kind of in the pocket. I will um, talk about uh, Disney's Aladdin. They just came out with a new diamond release of that show, and we'll talk about that as well on, on upcoming shows. Uh, still lots more to talk about. I am going through the first season of the show Scorpion, courtesy of Paramount Home Video. Uh, and we got a lot of good stuff. The Making of the Mob, courtesy of Anchor Bay, as well as Cop Car, the miniseries Tut uh, from Paramount, and a few other things as well. Also, I'm making my way through Happy-ish Season 1, and I did get sent to me a couple of um, older movies from Great Folks at Sony. That includes the movies Fifth Element and Leon the Professional, both directed by Luc Besson on Blu-ray, which have been remastered in 4K. Woo! That's all coming up on a new episode of the show. Probably next week. We'll see. I'm still debating on what I'm going to talk about. But that's all in the future. I am also making my way through the Halo Master Chief collection. Because, dear Ramblers, I have been able to procure myself a copy of Halo 5 before its street date release. I am playing through that. I can't say much about it right now, other than it is a lot of fun. I am enjoying the the campaign mode. I haven't had a chance to play around too much with the multiplayer, but I will. And mode of it and the co-op mode of it but uh, that is coming I, I did get an early press pass so I that review will be coming on this show fairly soon I might even do a Halo special uh, we will see but that is coming up uh, very soon on the show so more video game stuff is on the way and more book stuff as well I just gotta get around to reading it because ah, it's a busy time of year for me that is it for me, and we'll catch you next time right here on Ramble with Russell. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye-bye. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.